So how did you feel about that? Fine. <laughs> how did you feel? There's, there's no follow-up? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. We were just winging it. Okay. I don't know. I, that. Welcome to The Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Point of Rental Sales Operations Specialist, Ross Wheat. Ross, welcome to The Front Porch. Thank you, Brian. Glad to be here. Okay, so we'll, first we'll start with the basics, which is who are you and where are you from? Well, as you said, my name is Ross Wheat. I'm the Sales Operations Specialist. That's what I do here. But uh, I'm a father of four. I call them... My mini wheats, okay. uh, affectionately known. So um, they're my pride and joy taking care of them and uh, watching them grow. Have you convinced them to like frost the tips of their hair so they can be frosted mini wheats? Uh, it, no, it's actually uh, when they're good, they're frosted. And mm -hmm. when they're bad, they're shredded. So oh, okay. that's the running joke. All right, that's good. Full of dad jokes, sorry. It's a good policy. <laughs> I'm from the Dallas area, born and raised here, moved around a little bit, but... I called Dallas home. Where Where else did you move to? We lived in Florida for a little bit and Minnesota and then wound up back here before I even started elementary school. So I don't remember much of those. Okay. So it was one of those like, I've technically lived here, but also I don't remember anything. Exactly. Okay. I remember the snow. I remember snow days. <laughs> that's, that's all I remember. In Florida, right? Because that's where it snows a lot. No, I only remember that from when we went there a couple weeks ago. Before mm. that... Nah. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. The final question is, what the heck is a sales operations specialist? That's a good question. I'm still asking that to Andy quite often. No, just kidding. Um, it's a new role here at Point of Rental and uh, hopes to bring structure and alignment to the sales team within other departments as well and in helping increase communication to the implementations team, product support, et cetera. So trying to organize the sales guys, it's fun. I guess that makes sense. It is sales operations. You're making the operations. It is. Uh, makes sense. Good, because yes, communication, uh, very important. And especially since we have a, a large team of people. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's get into your history job-wise. Okay. First, we'd like to start off when you were a kid. And if you can remember lo that long ago, uh, whenever you remember first having the answer for the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I have a lot of gray, Brian, but I'm not that old. <laughs> I still can't remember. Um, I know you're younger than me, which makes it better. Yeah, you know, um, I wanted to be a race car driver actually. Okay. So, but I think every boy probably does. I was going to say, how, how close did you get to achieving that goal? Um, it's more just, um, something to do for fun and entertainment. I've done some autocrossing, done some track racing and, and track days, et cetera. So more so a hobby than anything else. Okay. I was hoping that like you had this dream and then you took your parents' car when you were too young <laughs> and that, and the dream died there. <laughs> no, my, my parents were smart. By, by the time they got around to getting me a car, they knew get them the slowest one possible. So mm. it looked cool, but I could run faster. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have any races where it was like, who can go slower? That's not a race. <laughs> No, that's no. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, uh, what'd you end up doing out of school instead? Since it appears that you did not become a professional race car driver. I did not. Um, I've 
pretty much been working since I got out of school. Yes, but what were you, you know? doing when you doing. were working? Uh, I started in the printing industry. Okay. Um, my first job when I was 16 actually was a uh, just doing deliveries for a print shop here locally in Plano, Texas. And okay. kind of uh, through the years made a career out of it. What's your What's your favorite thing to deliver? Do you, are you normally just like delivering like regular boxes of paper, or do you get to deliver like those giant uh, cardboard like cutouts of people, or all of the above? Yep, um, that was most part. You didn't know what you were delivering because it was boxed, but oh. you know, by the time I got out of that early part, it was more so creating and printing the items rather than delivering. So. Okay, I was going to ask what what's what's the weirdest thing you delivered, but it seems like you don't know everything you delivered. Uh, life size cutouts are fun, you know. Did some Demi Lovato and some Metallica guys, and those are always entertaining to take some photo ops with. Okay, so it was it was famous people, not just yeah. random people. Well, I would print myself, but no one bought it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing you going out to these places hey i just threw one of these in for free yeah if you want to take pictures with it then mm -hmm. great but yep. yeah no it wasn't <laughs> successful mm. yeah it's, it's kind of like a large business card but, uh gosh so you you were in the printing industry the whole time before you came here i was all it was was printing so then why did you convert to digital as I guess I will call it digital? Well, now we're, now we're in software and it's uh, all, in software, all digital yeah. and um, yeah, we're I've, going paperless and we're helping uh, get rid of print. Yes. That was, uh, that was the catalyst. Actually, I was in the printing industry for almost 20 years and um, wound up being a managing partner of local franchise event and um, COVID hit and when the world stopped and the events stopped and, you know, 90% of my customer base stopped. So um, that kind of culminated in where do I go next? And that's how I wound up here at Point of Riddle. That's sad because, you know, those those large cardboard cutouts, they're not going to pass COVID on. Like, no. Mm -mm. On. The Formula One did nice, you know, because they had the big grandstands with the printed people, but mm -hmm. even that wouldn't cut it. Okay. So how did you how did you discover Point of Rental? Because again, I before I got in this industry, I didn't think of rental as a thing. I really didn't either. Um, friend of mine, Evan Fort, he reached out, said, "Hey, send me your resume." Um, so got his email address, sent it over, and then did some googling to figure out what Point of Rental did. Wait, why do you know Evan? Uh, Evan is a family friend of ours, mm, so okay. we actually we went autocrossing together oh right right uh, you you yeah. car racers i forgot he was so into that my brother and him are good friends and just known his family through the years good guy okay do you ever do you ever race evan um we would race autocrossing it was all class-based yeah. you know so we, we more so had fun beating up on my brother than anything <laughs> else because he was the slow one in the group you know all right good well it's important to have a slow one in the group yeah there's always one yeah <laughs> it'd be awkward if everyone was tied every <laughs> single time yeah I wouldn't want to be a race car driver then. Yeah. I'm a little too competitive for that. Okay. All right. So did any of the skills that you learned in the print industry translate to point of rental? You know, I think there's a lot of parallels in printing and the rental industry that I've learned. Um, it's a close knit community. A lot of the rental customers grow and feed off of each other. 
um, especially, you know, being at our user conferences and international conference and um, just seeing the collaboration. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they're striving to be better and, and do well in their business, but it's nice because you're also learning from your peers. So it's uh, very similar in that aspect, and it kind of feels like home a little bit. Yeah. What were you... What were you comparing, like, in, in the print industry? Comparing how so? Well, you're mentioning, like, the whole the whole networking and, mm. you know, take, taking ideas from other people within the yeah. industry. What are, what are some of the things that you, you learned about printing at some of those, like, printing events? Um, probably the biggest thing I learned is I don't know everything. You know, you, you get in a groove, you're doing well in your business, you feel like you're succeeding. Um, you know, there's always opportunities to do something better. There's yeah. always a different perspective or a unique opinion that someone has. Um, and I like that openness in the community of, you know, here's a problem I'm having or here's something that's doing well for me. Um, and then getting that opportunity to hear someone else's input and actually uh, put it to practice and make it work instead of just having, nope, you're my competitor. I'm not going to do anything to help you at all, you know, and be that way. But um, there's a camaraderie and rapport there that uh, it's nice because when you're, when you're doing well, you want to do better and you want to be able to help others. And then when you're not, it's on the other side. Sometimes you're just scrounging alone going, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of lost. But the groups bring you in and, and try and help. And um, I don't know, I see that willingness to help here uh, a lot like the printing industry. Careful with your mic. You're a professional. I was, right? was going to say, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm over here like, I don't we'll know how to do this. I'm not used to, you know, I'm used to AirPods. This is yeah. A nice well, setup, though. I, I do like to, I like to ruin the audio and, and be the worst uh, nah. person in front of the camera for. It's okay. To make everyone else feel comfortable. That's well, that's the real reason. It's I not feel because I'm bad. Brian. I do. Thank you. Uh, let's see. So when you came here, were you the sales operations specialist when you came here? I feel like you had some other stuff going on. I've I had some other stuff, and I s still have other things. And, and I feel yeah. like every time that I'm turning around, it's like, oh, Ross has a different title now. Yep, I'm on my third title. Um, I'm gonna try and get a new one every year. Okay, that's that's my hope. Okay, that's cool. You, know, you got a new one. You got, we got a new year coming up we soon. Have, do you have do. a plan for your future time? Um, I have a I have a plan. Okay. I've put in some suggestions, but okay. uh, you know those are more fun suggestions than functional. Okay. Uh, but no, when when I started, uh, I started working for Andy Clark on the sales team. Yep. Um, was a assistant customer success manager. I think was my first title. Um, it was a great start here to kind of learn the ropes because I was totally new to rental, totally new to software. Um, but it seemed like a really good fit to be able to get in the weeds and learn the day to day. Um, cause the account management team kind of helps a lot of our existing customers and the knowledge they require on the product level is pretty heavy. So, um, started on that path being you know account manager customer success type um, and then was promoted into being the am manager which is account manager manager yeah i like that one I, yeah um i always like to say i only work in the morning 
you know, uh, well, we never a, had a, that's a good one. Yeah. We never had a PM manager. I'll, I'll be the night shift. Yeah. manager. <laughs> but you know, then Australia would call in the morning and I'm the AM manager. So it's like, mm. Oh, I, I didn't think that went through. Yeah. Um, so I took over the inside sales team for the U S and, and started managing that team and, and grew it. And then, uh, earlier this year, uh, was able to promote one of my guys to that role and take over this new SOS role, you know, okay. which is kind of like, Hey Ross, can you help? So that's, uh, so what, what are some of the challenges before we get to your current role? What mm-hmm. are, what are some of the challenges of doing like managing inside sales? It seems weird to only sell to people that are already customers. You know, uh, from my business experience, selling to existing customers is actually probably the easiest thing you can do because a lot of it is just bringing them in the loop on what's going on, you know, um, making sure they're aware of new features, new enhancements, um, getting to know them on a level of how is their business operating, what are they doing well, Um trying to build that relationship and then connect them with a element or maybe totally different software that would work better for them in their scenario. Because yeah. um, I think from an ownership standpoint, sometimes you get blindsided and you're focused on, um, you know, trying to keep the doors open, you know, and you don't have the time of day sometimes to explore, am I using the software the way it should be? Or am I missing out on something? Is there a tool that I could take this two-hour thing and turn it into a 10-minute, you know, bam, done. So uh, it's always been my mindset and business in growing the existing customer base. Um, not only helps them succeed, but also helps us as a company succeed. Okay. So really what, what you're saying is that, uh, you know, it's much easier. So you had someone else take care of your light work. So you could focus on sales <laughs> operations specialist work. You know, when you're good at what you do and you grow a good team and, and, and they're just rocking like crazy. Yeah. You can, uh, you can move on to different things and help improve there. Yeah. So, all right. So, so what are some of the challenges <laughs> that you're tackling as, as the sales operations specialist? I don't know why I keep saying it. Cause I do love that it abbreviates to SOS. I do too. What, uh, yeah. I was kind of iffy on the title, but then when you brought up the SOS thing, it was like, yes, that's perfect. Send me an SOS. Yeah. Um, challenges, it is a new role, you know. Um, a, a part of it is making sure I'm aligned with the sales leadership and heading towards our goals effectively, you know, because there's so many things that a company can improve upon and do and being able to decipher which one's going to bring the most impact. You know, how is it something that's a a problem across multiple departments or teams that I can help initiate a good process for to put it in play fast and iterate it, but uh, not throw a grenade in the mix as well, you know, so. Yes, thank you for not throwing (laughs) grenades (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> yep. So uh, I think it's just a matter of staying focused and um, getting that in play and making sure it's understood uh, across um, the multiple teams of here's what we're doing. But also sometimes things just don't work. You know, uh, we try and build it out and consider each department's um, 
you know, important factors and try and line up a system that works. And the, at the end of the day, it just doesn't. So, yeah. you know, at what point is it time to either totally wipe the slate or sit back and rethink? And Yeah, or like what pieces can we take of this and keep? And what, what, yep. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, I feel like there's there's never a situation where it's like everything it can't be better. Right. Everything can be better in like infinite ways, but you just have to figure out the best better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just um, refocusing and taking little steps towards improvement, you know, iterating on things that we do well rather than uh, casting too wide of a net and trying to make too many changes everywhere, you know. Yeah. So uh, I do have that. I don't mind speaking up when I feel, hey, here's my perspective and opinion. And sometimes that's uh, that's what's needed as well. Okay, I thought you, when you paused after, and sometimes that's, I was going to be, I thought you were going to say, and sometimes that's not welcome. <laughs> sometimes it's not. Yep. I, I, I don't mind being told, nope, zip it. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Not a problem. All right. What is your favorite part about your current role as an SOS? Seeing the impact. Um, you know, worked out and trains new departments per se. Um, you know, working on retention cues and merchant services and um, feeling like I bring a good value to launching some of these initiatives. Um, I've got a process mind, so I can, I feel like I bring a good impact and um, in a timely manner am able to build a foundation at least that can be uh, worked until it other improvements need to come along, you know, and having that ability to be heard is nice too. Okay. I was going to ask you to choose between. Don't make <laughs> me choose, Brian. I can't choose. No. <laughs> do, you, do you prefer to hear from happy customers or happy internal customers? Um, I thought you were saying happy or unhappy customers. Happier, happier. I like hearing it from everybody. Um, I want mm, cop out answer. That's not a cop out. <laughs> okay, I could see how that could be a cop out. I like to obtain opinions from those who usually don't share. Okay, you know, um, you put me in a room. I'm usually the quiet guy, believe it or not. Um, but I think there's uh, there's a lot of opinions and perspectives that aren't brought to the table because maybe it's an environment they're not comfortable speaking up or, um, you know, uh, maybe they just don't feel like they bring any value to it. So I like getting those perspectives from everyone Yeah. Um, because a part of putting a good successful process together is if I don't understand at least as much as I can of what's involved, I can't try and connect the dots. Yeah. Um, so a part of it's, yeah, the, the happy feedback, the unhappy feedback, um, the, the quiet feedback, um, that's kind of my approach is making sure every voice that can be heard is heard. Yeah. That checks out. I, I've been with you to a couple of, uh, YP events and you always seem to be in, in these conversations where you're having like long detailed conversations about, you know, what what's working for people and what's not working for people and Mm -hmm. seem to have uh, a pretty good knack for getting that information. Yeah. Well, I'm usually the one asking questions, but it's nice that way because then I don't have to talk. Yeah. Well, 
don't not talk because that's not how <laughs> these work and it will be really awkward. I Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, before we get into your non-professional life, I want to play a game with you. We'll call it wheat or chaff. If you agree with the statement or it's true, say wheat. Okay. If you disagree with it or if it's not true, say chaff. Okay. And then I'm going to need a reason for each of these. Uh, but you can pause after saying wheat or chaff. And chaff, of course, meaning the disregarded yeah, part it's, of it's the part okay. that you're getting rid of. Yeah. Got it. Understood. All right. Wheat or chaff? You like singing in the shower. Wheat. Okay. Do you have a particular uh, style of music that you like to, to <laughs> sing in the shower? Uh, classical piano that has no vocals. <laughs> All right, that's. Ah, uh, I think yeah. you. I think you're cheating there. Am I cheating? Yeah. Uh, but I answered the question. But but you know? do you actually sing in the shower? I do sing in the shower. Okay. Yes. Um, because nobody else wants to hear me sing. Okay. You know. Okay, I was wondering if that's a thing that uh, annoys your family, or is that a thing you do to intentionally annoy your family? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> Wheat or chaff? You've cheated at a board game. Chaff. Mm. Another one of these uh, take the rules very seriously in board games, guys. Huh? The, the rules are important, yes. Um, I have been known to maybe, if I can't win, make sure others can't, but I don't think that's cheating either. So, <laughs> Wait, how are, you, <laughs> how are you making sure that other people can't? Because it's on the game you're playing. You know? Yeah, you're making this awkward to follow up, Ross. <laughs> you're not yes ending me. It feels like you're no. And, Am I? And just shutting oh, it down. Oh, we're supposed to yes and. I forgot. Well, chaff and. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We'll move on to the next one. Okay. Weed or chaff, you've told an outrageous lie to a child. Define outrageous. No, you define outrageous. I define outrageous. Yeah. Um, Something that's ridiculous and that. I think every parent to a yeah. certain extent has, is, you know, outrageous. Depends on who's listening, but you know. Yeah. What's, what, what's the best lie that you've, you've told your kids, hopefully that they've probably figured out by now, but you know, the, just the, in case they watch the latest one was probably the Easter bunny, you know, uh, they knew Santa, but there was a disconnect to the Easter bunny for some reason. I didn't quite get that, but mm. yeah. Cause the Easter bunny, doesn't actually lay the eggs is Maybe. what you're saying. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they figure that's out. That's definitely okay. it. Okay. Bunnies don't lay eggs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wheat or chaff, you prefer working from home to working at the office. Can I take the cop out and say both? Mm, nope. No, I can't. It's wheat or chaff, not wheat and chaff. Oh, uh, but I write the rules sometimes. You, so. you have to prefer one or the other. I have to prefer. Yeah. Um, I would say working from home. So, so it was a question. That, wheat. Is, that is wheat. That is wheat. Yes. Okay. All right. Then let me note that. Why Why do you prefer working from home? Sir? It's a different kind of productive when you come in the office. You know, um, you can grind at home. You can get work done on your projects and get lost in it and get a lot of things productively done there. Uh, versus in the office, there's um, more camaraderie, more people, more catch up. You know, yeah. it feels like you might get behind on your tasks, but you actually can get a lot of things done in that face-to-face -face moment that would take way too many meetings otherwise. So it's true. You know, yeah. Sometimes you get roped into a, a podcast as well. Sometimes and that never happens at all. Yeah. So I'm, no, it's 
I tried to get four years before you drug me in, but I'm here. Well, you got close. <laughs> uh, wheat or chaff, you have an embarrassing nickname or a nickname that you hate. I, I, I can't say it's an embarrassing nickname, but uh, so I guess chaff would be the answer. Chaff. I don't. But it seems like you have a nickname that you don't love. Uh, what is that nickname? Ross the Boss. Ross the Boss. Mm-hmm. Why do you not like this nickname? Sometimes I'm not it's, the boss. It's so catchy. It, it is catchy. Um, and I've, I've always been a type A. I've, I've always been a leader type. Um, I'm learning as I get older. Sometimes it's best to not be the leader, mm. even when you think you should take that role. So do you prefer like Ross the colleague? Ross the... I have a <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't no, sound good. No. So let's stick with Ross the we'll boss. With, okay. Or, or we'll just... Can that be my next title? Or or Jeff? I submitted that as my next title. Hey. I don't know. I am not the uh, director of titles. No. Ooh. Ooh. Good title. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> maybe that's maybe I'll ask for that one. I might have to be senior senior Ross the Boss. Mm, there you, know? you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break and we'll get to the next set of questions in a minute. It takes something special to dive into the unknown face the unpredictable and unlock the mysteries that await beyond. Something tough, reliable, to fuel your confidence where elements seem to conspire to blur your senses. Wavering ally, relentlessly field tested by the pioneers who ventured there before. It was constantly perfected over time for those who push their limits always further and shine an ever new light on our world. of Rental Goosey. All right. Once upon a time, we were talking about doing some type of point of rental bowling team and you were either volunteered or... I'm not exactly sure how any of it went down because I was sort of interested, but then I didn't participate. So, but it seems like you're good at bowling. So one, how did you get into bowling? Um, I was good. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, I grew up watching my dad bowl. Okay. Um, really is where it came from. So I'd go watch him bowl leagues and just hang out at the bowling alley. And Were you uh, visiting the, the like video games or were you just actually watching the moment? I was actually watching, you know, there's uh, pictures of me as a little three, four year old kid with a, a bowling ball bigger than my head, you know, trying to carry it up the lane and, and throw it down. I was always and fascinated. Back, and this is back when everyone was smoking in the bowling. This is back well. when everyone was smoking in the bowling. Alley. I, was gonna yep, say, I think yep. my parents were in a league because I do remember going to a bunch of bowling alleys mm-hmm. and, but I was playing the video games or watching people play the video games because I didn't actually get quarters from my parents. <laughs> So I was just watching other people play or watching the demo. Or you learn the ones that don't need quarters and you just push the button and start playing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would. Play Sometimes that. people would accidentally leave like one on their little screen. It's like yes. Yep. All right, but you actually paid attention to the to bowling. I did. So when when did you start bowling? Uh, before I can even remember. With um, with the bowling ball that was bigger than you. With the, yeah. And you didn't have any accidents where you. Oh, I'm sure went I did. <laughs> that, that probably explains a lot of why I am who I am. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, watched my dad and just grew up in youth leagues. Okay. Yeah. What is what does youth league bowling look like? Um, it's the opposite. It's where I got to drag my dad to the bowling alley and he would go off and play arcades and steal coins from the other kid. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you would heavily smoke. <laughs> and I would heavily smoke. <laughs> Smoking's bad for you. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, it just, uh, I'd go Saturday mornings and they had like two game leagues that we would bowl and, um, got to where, uh, as I got older, there was a youth adult league. So I actually had to bowl with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, until he wasn't able to bowl anymore. He had a uh, neck surgery and stopped bowling many, many years ago. So That can make it more difficult to, to bowl. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was sad because he always loved bowling and um, he hated not being able to anymore. Did you feel like a pressure to like bowl and be like, you can live through me, Dad. <laughs> I will bowl for you. Um, I, I will continue to punish the pins. <laughs> I would try to punish the pins, but uh, no, it was always just enjoyable passion. Okay, so uh, so so, what's your record? Because everyone has to know what your my high, record high score is. Um, I haven't bowled a perfect game. Oh, well, why Sorry. are we even talking? Um, I've had several two ninety nines, which is uh, wow. eleven. The first eleven strikes, and then your the twelfth is a perfect game. But you always get nervous. Yeah, get up there shaking and, and scary, yeah. you know. So, my highest series was a 767, which a series is three games um, in bowling. So, um, I got okay. I got pretty good. I was going to say, yeah, that seems pretty good. Uh, you yeah. definitely bring my non existent team's average up. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, you know, I could average like, you know, one, 150 ish. But that was fun. It's, you know, that's the joy of bowling too, is any level you could get in and have fun. And I used to coach kids and um, it's, it, yeah. Oh dang it! Your two ninety nines were with the gutter things. <laughs> and it was blacklight bowling and Fred. Oh, we'll get to Fred later. So. Oh okay. <laughs> so so at what point? It seems like you did get pretty good. If you can get several two ninety nines, I understand the the pressure on that last one where it's like you do you actually do you walk away from that saying like you know what? It is very good to have gotten to that point to be able to blow it and get <laughs> only. <laughs> Only a two ninety nine, um, or are no. you still chasing it? It was just still chasing it. Mm. You know, you, you feel a sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, to be able to be perfect in in a sport or in, in anything, but you're also the competitive side in me is like, I know where I messed up. You know, yeah. uh, I was one board off, or my speed was off, or so many different things that you critique. Even and everyone looking back, I know where I went wrong on it, but. You can only hope for the next chance to do it. Mm. Have you ever? <laughs> Bring it on, Brian. What you got? <laughs> I was just going to say you carry carry a pistol in with you. <laughs> that last pin. No. Uh, no. I'm most, closing it this time. Most bowling alleys have bars too, and that's that's you know mm. it, there's there's laws against that, especially mm. here in Texas. So mm. No, I uh, would not carry. Oh well, you know it's if you never get to the 300 another way, I feel like that's an alternate because. <laughs> 
after you get 300, what else is there to do? You might as well quit, right? Uh, not quite. Oh, you know, no, you're, you're going to keep series. going. There's after. more. Okay. There's, oh, yeah, there's always more. Okay. So it's never enough. So, All right, well, at least you have, at least you're giving yourself goals that are going to keep you playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, as long as you possibly can. Yep. Okay, so at what point did you realize that, hey, I'm good at this? Because clearly you did get to a point where you're pretty good at it. Um, I always thought I was good, which is probably a bad thing. Because even looking back, okay. you know, so I'm averaging 160, I'm good. I'm averaging 180, I'm good. I'm you know, hitting that 200 average, oh, I'm good. It, and so I'm 220 average, should I go pro? It's like, you know, you always think you're good, but then you walk up to the next guy and they just... You know, or you watch the pros on TV, they demolish anything you could do. Yeah. Um, you know, my bowling career is, is uh, kind of similar to my dad's in that I had a couple of spinal surgeries that made me stop bowling. But yeah. um, about, I don't know, three or four years ago, um, both of us were at a point like I got back into bowling and I convinced my dad back in. So before where it was, I'm going down the competitive route, could I make this a professional thing? Um, versus now I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to bowl and being able to get there with, you know, get up and bowl with my dad and my uncle and uh, just smile. It's a different perspective now. Yeah. You know, I'm not nearly as good as I used to be, but I just have fun. And I was I gonna say it, it feel, feels very field of dreams, you know, like kind of. Where yeah. It's like all right, I just I just yeah. want to go bowl with my dad. Exactly. But you didn't have to build a, a bowling alley. I didn't have right? to. Those are right. yeah. I don't. Yeah, you wouldn't want me building a bowling alley. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think the greatest thing in bowling was when my dad called me and he shot a three hundred last year. You know, just hearing that smile on his face and and knowing how happy that made him. What him watching me bowl for years when when he couldn't. You know, and then watching him bowl now and just happy and excited and it's yeah. it's more hits the heart now than the head. Yeah. And there's no part of you that's like I want that three hundred though. There's still a little bit part of it. Yeah. I'm happy for yeah. you, but also Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's that and yeah. Yeah. My my record is like two hundred. Yeah. That's and good. Yeah. But but my mom had like a two twelve once. Yeah. And it's like she barely she'll never break a hundred. And she got a two twelve, but it's like oh. The joy of bowling. Can, I can never. <laughs> I will never get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. So it, it sounded like, you know, if you're considering going pro, like what, why didn't you slash you mentioned coming up against someone that it was like, oh, oh, that's the level. Yeah. Um, it was, it was still a hobby for me. You know, I still worked. I had home life, kids, family. Um, you know, I was bowling on weekends and I never had that commitment to make it my full-time venture. You know, you look at the professionals, they spend their 40, 60 hours a week dedicated to their hobby, doing nothing but it, Yeah. you know? So that was, uh, I was good while it being a hobby and never really wanted to make it a career as well. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to say, I'm, they go on tour and you're right. like always, yeah. Always gone. Even when I was bowling, you know, I was uh, touring around DFW and gone two Saturdays a month and, you know, that eats into family time. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Darn, I was hoping you had a, a cool story about going up against the pro and like uh, Pete Weber just like <laughs> destroyed you and it was like, oh, oh never do. mind. No, no. Well, that would have been cool. But yeah, let's pretend sorry. that there was a cool story there. I have no cool Instead, stories, Brian. No, I just want to. I just want to <laughs> spend time with my family, be yeah. a responsible dad. There's no money in bowling. Oh wait, can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I always thought you just had this bowling ball. Uh, You've brought in this bowling ball. It was yep. normally in your office. I just thought you had it there because it was cool. But I, I did find out that you know you're you're pretty good at bowling. Uh, mm -hmm. Does this particular bowling ball have a special meaning to you? Uh, this one does. Um, it's probably the most expensive bowling ball I ever bought. I hope it's not you because know. it was like one of your relatives. It's one of your relatives' skull. <laughs> you that was not in the questionnaire, <laughs> Brian. Don't know. Um, I'd always just like the skull ball, and it's a spare ball, so it goes straight, but. The, the funny thing behind it is when I got it, my oldest daughter, she's probably three or four years old at the time, um, I had it on top of my bowling ball bag, and she walks by and just says, hi, Fred, and just kept on walking and, and uh, you know, kind of had a double take, like, who is she talking to? And <laughs> she just, she named it Fred. So then uh, Fred had a whole, uh, I don't know, so you have a whole backstory. Whole backstory yeah. around him. Then that became, you know, where's Fred? Fred's at the bowling alley. And, you know, Fred would hang out with the Hello Kitty bowling balls. And, you know, it just uh, it was a little odd, though. Four-year-old girl. Hi, Fred. So. Yeah. It seems like you don't watch a lot of horror movies. Because <laughs> if you do watch a lot no, of horror movies when, like, the really. kids start talking to things that it seems that they know, especially when it's, like, a skeleton, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the one you want in a horror movie because I what's going on over here? So and then you can run. <laughs> ah, yes. You just have to outrun the slowest person. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh in our pre production meeting, you also mentioned something about needing to get back into playing piano. Yep. Uh so tell me about obviously your history with piano, because obviously you must have played it at some point. I did. Um I grew up playing piano. I actually uh wanted to start playing the harp. So okay. my mom took me to a local music store to start lessons where she found a harpist. Okay. And that teacher said you should learn the piano. If you really want to be good at harp, learn the piano first. So um, started playing piano. Uh, it sounds very expensive. I think it was. You <laughs> it's know? like, I want to <laughs> start off with a harp. How about you get a piano? Hold on, let's baby steps, you know. Um, you know, and it made sense, but then I've, I've always had a thing for music, always connected with music and, um, you know, I have a wide variety of musical tastes and uh, grew up playing piano, taught piano for a few years, um, actually became kind of a, uh, I would teach beginner students mm -hmm. and then when they got beyond where I could teach, they would move on to my teacher. Uh, so did that for a few years, but then life happened and work happened and, uh, got away from being able to play like I used to. All right, well, you can come over to my house oh. and you can help teach my daughter uh, piano because <laughs> we're having her learn okay. uh, piano and violin. I haven't uh, haven't played in years. I still tinker every once in a while, but, you know, it's still a passion. Okay, so how, how did that work with bowling? Because that seems like a weird combo that I've never heard of, <laughs> of like, hey, I'm super into piano and bowling. Yeah, and believe it or not, a lot of bowlers love golf. I know that bowling, like... My mom had carpal tunnel, so she like mm -hmm. can't gri grip a ball anymore. And I don't really like gripping a ball after a couple of uh, 
after a couple rounds. Yeah. It seems um, like it would not be the best for playing piano. It wasn't. And piano was always uh, the priority. So my parents always took the more cautious side when getting uh, equipment and things. But um, the science behind actually drilling a ball and making it fit your hand the right way actually protects your hand. Mm. Uh, you know, so uh, it sounds funny, but you'd carry, you know, nine nine different bowling balls to to a competition and people why do you have nine it's like well each one does something different and all of those are drilled specific to your hand so. that's why you guys like golf it's like oh this is my exactly this is my old nine iron right right this shot i need this club you know this shot i need that ball so um it it, it didn't really affect either because um, as long as you're doing it right you're not gonna hurt your hand okay so i should have stopped using these alley balls like Pro, that's ago. yeah yeah okay but, All right, well, I learned something today, yeah. so good. It's an investment too, though, so. Yeah. You know. I definitely, if I would have had something like Fred, I would have needed the, the holes to be right in the eye sockets. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that, but then actually the way this one's laid out, when he spins down the lane, he winds up being upright is what happens. So. Oh, that does kind of make it more yeah. fun. Okay. I, Bowling nerd. To, I'll, I'll, I'll accept your, your excuse <laughs> for not doing that then. Or oh, maybe you just need several yeah. skill, skills. <laughs> There's many skulls in my closet. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last person that I defeated in a tournament. <laughs> you weren't supposed to share that either, Brian. Uh, all right. What's something that people misunderstand about you? Um, I get very direct. Uh, I get very to the point when when I'm looking at analyze, analyzing situations and things. So sometimes that gets misconstrued as uh, rude or... Um, yeah, I guess rude. Or or you are rude. And or I am you, rude. You're just not intending yeah, to be could rude. Be, but I try to be a nice guy, you know. But sometimes it's just uh, I'll speak up and in a tone or in a certain way, not meaning anything condescending, but I can look back and think, oh, I, you know, I should have approached that better. Yeah, I do occasionally get uh, that that I'm being condescending. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I, was, I just right. disagree with, fundamentally yeah. with everything that you're saying. Yeah. And, Correct. Yes. Right, Brian. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any questions for me? You get exactly one. Only one? Yes. Can I have more questions? That was it. Sorry. Oh. Already, uh, now, before we go to the five important better. questions, <laughs> I need you to give me a top five list in a segment we'll call Give Me Five. Now, it seems like not everyone knows the rules of good top five lists, so I want to make sure that you do. I don't follow uh, rules. We start at number five and count up to number one because no one cares about number five. If you've already given them number Understood. one, that would be ridiculous. Yes. Okay, so you have told me that you would like to give me your top five print projects. Yes. Now you shared some concern that maybe you don't remember the order. Do you want me to share? <laughs> do you want me to share your list with you? Um, no, I I, All I, right. I write the rules, so I know the rules. Well, I'm, I'm with you on this. I, I got the checklist, okay. so I'll see if you actually give okay. me the correct answers. You're testing me now. Yep. Good. All right. Your number five favorite print project. Okay. So we're building up to the best. Yes. Uh, my number five would actually be almost the monument signs for us here at Point of Rental. Okay, I feel like almost doesn't count, but tell us about this almost project. Um, when I started, the new building that we're at now, not new anymore, uh, but I guess... I was going to say, you haven't been at any building other than this one. <laughs> this is 
But I, I'm all in. I feel like a full part, <laughs> and I, I I moved proverbially with everybody, but didn't. Um, okay. So no, the the building that we're at now, I guess Point of Rental had moved HQ two, and uh, there was no signage or anything. So uh, a part of being in the print signage world, um, I offered to take a look at proposals and permits and things and see what uh, if we can help get the vision of the sign that was wanted in the time frame and budget that was allotted. Um, so it wound up being uh, not come to fruition because monument signs and signage is expensive. You know, it was, yeah. uh, with my experience, I was able to validate, yes, this is everything it's going to take to get the vision that you want for this to look. Is it really worth it or not? So uh, it became the project that didn't happen and why it's an almost uh, mm. because... Um, being on the other side of print and signage, you know, you, you might feel like you're getting gypped on pricing or why do I have to pay all these permits? Why is this, you know, all that? No, this is, that's actually, uh, you know, what, what you want is what they've proposed and there's not really a way to accomplish it otherwise. Yeah. So it, it became, you know, how much, uh, how much budget do we really want? And this is what you can really get out of it. And no, that's just, yeah, we'll hold off. How much better would it have been if we'd gone with yours? Um, better is relative, <laughs> you know. Give it, me an imaginary percent. We're making up something completely <laughs> different anyway. Just be uh, like, it would have been five hundred percent better if they'd gone with me. But. Been, well, not even with me. It was, I was just able to validate. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this is uh, pricing on par with your hopes. You okay. know, and the the budget was maybe a third of what it wanted to look like, and that wasn't able to have anything that made sense. So. You know, Fair. walk away from it. All right. And then, you know, just join the company later on anyway. <laughs> no, that was after I started. This, oh, this is, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a case of like, well, we're having this guy <laughs> quote a thing. Well, we don't want to do his quote, but we'll take him. <laughs> no. Just bring him on no, board. I kind of picked my nose and went, hey, you guys want some help? You know? Okay. So, yeah. All right. Your number four favorite print project. Sorry. Four. This is number how four. many. This is how many four is. Okay. The four. We're not yes. doing the four. Nope. Different okay. thing. You need to pause. No, you say the first thing. I say you the first say thing. what your number four answer Cut. is. Cut. Let's go back. <laughs> you missed that on five, man. I was waiting for that. <laughs> you did a good job of pausing between your statement of the oh, thing on see? five. I got excited. I'm sorry, right. Brian. Your number four favorite print project. Uh, my number four favorite print project, uh, I believe that one was a friend's poem that I printed on a canvas um, for his brother who had passed away. Okay, that doesn't sound like as uh, as fun a thing to follow up on. It's, it's not as fun, but it was the personal aspect of printing that I liked. Yeah. Um, uh, like my friend's brother passed away unexpectedly, and they were going through his things and, and found this poem that he wrote. Um, and it's actually a poem about um, having the feeling of Christmas and giving throughout the year, not just at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I did for him and his family is uh, printed that poem on the stretch canvas, real nice piece, and gave it to the family as uh, just a token to, hey, they didn't even know this, that he wrote poems or anything. 
Yeah. So it was a really heartfelt poem, and I was able to give that to them as just a token of, um, you know, how important he was to their family, and um, he's a good friend of mine too. So yeah, that was that was the heart side of print. There were, there were personal projects that meant a lot. Yeah, and that's a nice. That's a nice thing to you know have to remember by yep that kind of thing. Yep. Okay, your number three favorite print project. My number three. Three, three is like the number sign three. language version of this. And I'm forgetting my number three. Hey, you just say what your number three one is. Should I just say you my number three one? Yeah, you don't think about your list. I don't think about But if you want me to hand you the list, I have it here. Give me a reminder. So far you've been correct. Yeah, I, I got distracted thinking Look, about the here, poem. Have, have you your know? list. <laughs> um, you can keep your list. Yeah, okay. I can keep my list? Yes. That means I get to ask questions. No. Nope. Oh, oh man. I only got one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, uh, the, there was the heartfelt. Now it's more the fun one. Um, back to my love of music. Mm-hmm. I got to do a lot of work for uh, iHeartRadio, um, the local station in Dallas. Got to do a bunch of their signage for concert events and venues. Um, got to do standees of performers like you're talking about. So. We had, a, we had a lot of fun at the shop partying with Metallica and, and all the different guys. I was going to say, I assume you were, you you know. were partying with these guys. Yeah. So okay. um, those were good projects to do together. Um, you know, got to do some uh, things for a few of the DJs there and their nonprofits and help donate to, to those kind of charities. So that would probably be my third. Okay. Yeah. Now what's your number two favorite print project that you've worked on? Um. Number two project is... Why are you looking up? You have it written down right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. Um, number two would probably be where uh, my passion for printing came in, in uh, printing high school graduation booklets. Okay. Why, why are those? That seems like a thing that it's like, yeah, you get to work on that like every year. Yeah. Um, that's a silly one because when I started learning to run a printing press... Um, I actually was printing some of the city of Plano, all of their high school graduation booklets. And um, the girl I was dating at the time, we wound up getting married. And before we got married, I printed their graduation programs and went to her older brother's graduation that I had actually printed. I print it, cut it, bound it, delivered it. um, And I was sitting in the stands watching almost 3,000 kids' names be called and you're yeah. You know, the boredom and the normal, like, oh, mm-hmm. I come back and go later. But um, I started seeing paper airplanes fly across the stadium. And, and part of my thought was that piece of paper that's flying, I, I learned a trade on. And I worked hard to make sure that it looked good because one of those is going to be saved and put on a mantle or put in a memory box somewhere and is going to be super important. And the others are flying across the stadium so that's that's where i really got passionate about printing early on oh you know i didn't like going to the graduation ceremonies but i enjoyed printing them yeah i thought i thought your story was gonna have like you you misspelled your your friend's name so i may or may not have done that too you know there's (laughs) random things you've got the power you can do it so (laughs) all right the number one favorite print project that you ever worked on uh my number one favorite uh i did for the George W. Bush presidential, um, not the library, the library oh. but his, his actual philanthropy side. Oh. Um, it was their 2018 annual review. 
um, for the, you know, all the nonprofit entities and, and his stakeholders. Um, I got to meet Mr. Bush through the process. Um, actually had to color match his paintings. So we, we took some press sheets off and, and took it to the library and actually made sure because he's an avid painter. Um, you know, and I worked with the marketing team there because they wanted a really nice, really high-end piece um, to be able to share with all of their donors. And they wanted a combination of like eight different things in the printing world that six of them usually don't go together. Yeah. Um, but that's usually what people want. It's, it's like usually a bunch what of stuff. That yeah. Doesn't. Um, and then this particular case, one of the things I was actually able to uh, come up with a way that no one had ever done in printing before to be able to have these little drop ins that are custom shaped to specific pieces. And we actually won a Benny award for the product, uh, which is like winning an Oscar, you know, you, nice. you take your project, submit it to this group and it's voted upon in categories. And, um, you know, that one was a lot of blood, sweat and tears and, uh, ingenuity in the printing world too. So do they now call that process Rossinit? Uh, I wish, I wish, um, but no, uh, Ross, the boss didn't get the title on it. So Same. it was sad, but you just have to stick with the satisfaction of knowing that you did a good job. I did. Yep. Yep. All right. Good. Well, after this, we'll get to the five important questions. Five important questions. Five important, five important questions. Five important questions. Uh, what would you say is your greatest success in life? Um, watching my kids grow. Sometimes it doesn't seem like a success. There's really hard moments. Um, knowing it will become a success even in those hard moments um, and taking pride in the things that they do well at and making sure that um, I support them no matter what. Yeah. But if you get a 300, though, that, that moves to the top. <laughs> Maybe they'll be right under it. You have to obviously tell them you know, that like, they're still on top. But yeah. like if the 300. Like, yeah. I could drop two of them and be like, it's 300, you know. <laughs> 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 okay, you're still ahead of 300. Right. But you, 900 yeah. series, if I were to get right. that. Then. Your brother, though. Uh, what is your greatest fear? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that the fear of not knowing. You tried to not live a life of fear. Yeah. I mean, uh, not that I try to, but I try not let anything scare me from doing anything. Okay, so you're not scared of snakes or well, it's a natural, random spiders. You know, just would I play them? with a snake? No. Oh, you know, okay. uh, I think if fear is not knowing, oh, that snake could kill you. You know, but okay. yeah. Well, that question was in there just so, you know, we could find out what your fears are so Lauren can exploit them. I know. Uh, That's really why she's yeah. not getting an answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you could tell first day at work, Ross, one piece of advice, what would you tell him? Keep asking questions no matter what. Don't stop. Okay. Was that a thing that you were not doing at the beginning? Because it feels like a thing that you do. I'm always inquisitive. I always ask questions. Um looking back on the three years there's 
there's places I should have asked questions and maybe I didn't. Um, so don't ever hesitate to. Okay. What is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? I can't say I've had an embarrassing moment. <laughs> don't think. <laughs> You're going to turn this into, let me just tell you everyone else's embarrassing moments. <laughs> I, I, I try and, you know, hide behind the scenes and, and not cause embarrassment. So, mm. um, you know, I, I can't think of, I'm sure Andy or, or someone could probably laugh about something I've done that's silly crazy. I so there, there's I've, never been a problem with you? Uh, actually, you know seeming what? Rude? I remember one. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> there was one time uh, the account manager, AM manager now, Joel, mm-hmm. um, uh, I walked into uh, a conference room. The door was open and, and was using my loud voice and, and words I probably shouldn't use. And, and it was very funny because he was on a conference call with some of his team there and, and it became funny that and lucky luckily you know i s- assumed it was fine because the door was open if the door was closed you know you walk into those situations differently but it was like uh so he messed with me he's like there's a customer on this call i'm like <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh yeah so i i learned to not announce myself so uh, uh vagrantly i don't know okay well yeah good that was now you've been sentenced to death <laughs> Because uh, doing such a thing is now a capital offense. And Agreed. Yeah. Now you get to choose your last meal. So what are you choosing as your last meal? Steak. And why? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Texas, man. I mean. <laughs> good good follow-up. <laughs> yep. Do you have any uh, beverages or, or desserts with this uh, steak or any sides? Um, are you uh, just getting it? Uh, it sounds like you're going to... Probably Monster. Uh, I'm known well for Monster Energy drinks. Okay. So, you know, always got one with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Energy drinks? Generic? And that's not drinks? that's not going to be part of your, like... <laughs> I mean, if you're sentenced to it's, death, why It's going to be my steak marinade, right. this Monster, and then I'm just going to yeah, have more. Actually, I haven't done that yet. There you go. Thanks, Brian. Well, at least you get an idea out of this as well. I get to learn <laughs> about getting the correct bowling ball. You get to learn yeah. about horrible marinade. New marinade. It's not horrible till you try it, man. It's fair. That's Maybe fair. it's awful. It's, it's but possible. it's steak and it's still awesome. Okay. Any dessert? Mm, You're not a dessert guy. Not really a dessert guy. Mm. No. All right. Well, I'll have your dessert. Okay. You can. I'll share with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Um, Again, snap change. You don't have to actually right. like, work at it to improve it or anything like that. Uh, I would probably try and get myself to listen more. Okay. I'm, I'm usually one to speak up first, talk first, you know. Um, but if you're asking questions, then I think it's okay, right? True. Then you so, have to listen to them. So I shouldn't change anything then, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Don't go changing. Us. <laughs> uh, it could if, be a song. <laughs> if you could change one thing at Point of Rental, what would it be? Um, I think we've made a lot of good changes. Um, I think I have made changes in um, making sure we communicate better to customers and, um, you know, what's upcoming, what products, how are we improving. Um, I think the changes keep changing, <laughs> keep those improvements going. I know it sounds silly, but... Um, but you don't have any, like, snap changes? Like, hey... I'm full of changes. Uh, I, I want to get everyone aligned on a thing, like, right now. <laughs> no, there's always processes we need to do better. Uh, 
there's always things that we can improve. Sometimes it's just a matter of let's step back to the basics. You know, we, maybe we've lost sight of uh, trying to do cast a wide net and do a lot of things at once, and instead of focus on one or two things and get it right. You know, okay. so hard to hard to snap judgment one thing in particular. Okay. What is your spirit spice? Does does Tony Chasheries count? It's like a spice of all spices. I mean, it's spicy, but it tastes salty. Question. Yeah, probably, probably something like that. Okay. Yeah. You I'm, feel like you're salty. Yeah, kind of salty. I can be. Okay. You know, I can see that. Uh, tell me a secret about Point of Rental. You've been here for for a few years now. I know no secrets. You're, mm, I think you're in operations. You're an operations guy. You should have a little secret. Yep. There's no secrets. None. Mm. None. Like it doesn't have to be a secret to me, but like a secret to someone, say watching the show, maybe they're maybe they're not from Point of Rental. They haven't been here. But then it's not a secret. <laughs> you know, it's a secret to them. It is. Don't you remember like? Uh, one of those NBC promotions where it's like, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what all they do for their summer reruns. <laughs> if they don't know the secret, it's a secret to them. There's many secrets, but I don't know any of them. What's something, whether relating to our software or not, that you could teach a three to five minute class about? Relating to our software or not? Yeah, it doesn't have to. I help. can teach a lot of classes. Yeah, I, mean, I can talk. Talking's teaching. So, so, so tell me. Three, I I probably wouldn't be the one that you want to learn some the courses. software from. Yeah, but, give me some uh, courses that you want to that you want to teach. Um, effective operations. You know, what, is that what's a three important? to five minute class? You're going to distill it that well, far? Well, it should be effective. It's it's identify a problem. Whoa, 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 don't don't do it right now. Save it for the video. Okay. Right? We're going to create right. a three to five minute video. It could, the, the basics of processes should be boiled down simply. Okay. You know, if you cannot define it in three to five minutes, then it, yeah, that's a problem. Then you have to work on that problem. Then, then you, you have, have to. Work on the problem. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Uh, well, the follow up was what's something you'd be excited to teach a three to five minute class about? Um, I would be excited to teach how to hit the proper apex line in a corner when you're racing. Okay. Yeah. It's going to require a lot more challenging video, I think. I know. It would. <laughs> I'm game. All right. Well, was there anything else that we needed to add here? Not that I'm aware of. We're, we're through my important questions. Good. What about your, your... No, I'm kidding. No. Well, we'll, we'll end this. Yeah. Well, That's thank all you. I got. <laughs> thank you, Ross, for chatting today. Thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you also to Andrew. Sherrington for editing this thing by the time it gets to our audience yep. including he will also be making most or all of the graphics I I honestly don't know I just ask him and then they get made and thanks for turning the air conditioner on Andrew appreciate it yes. and to the rest <laughs> to everyone else who made it to this point with us thanks for listening out there and we'll keep the porch light burning for you